welcome to Help, Help I'm, I'm Obsessed, obsessed with, with the Enneagram, a podcast where we discuss the lives of fictional characters to avoid obsessing over our own. We are talking about Bridgerton. Mm. But before we get into that, who are we and what the heck is an Enneagram? Kyle, take it away. Hi, I'm Kyle um, and I'm a type four on the Enneagram and my pronouns are he, they. The Enneagram is an ancient personality typing system that has nine types. The type one, the reformer, type two, the helper, type three, the achiever, type four, the romantic, type five, the observer, type six, the loyalist, type seven, the enthusiast, type eight, the challenger, and type nine, the peacemaker. Um, There are more nuances involved in that, um, but we can get into more details of those as and when they come up. And my name is Catherine, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm type five, and I am an aspiring screenwriter. I have an MFA in screenwriting from Boston University. So, <laughs> uh, so we're basically just going to analyse a TV show or a film every week and chat about what type we would put the characters into. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Hello! Hello! <laughs> Welcome back to Bridgerton Part 2. Season, Season two. 2 is out. Season 2 is out. We've seen it. We've watched it. We've binged it. We've had a great time. What were your thoughts and feelings on season two? I loved it. I actually liked it better than the first season. Ooh. Spicy. <laughs> Spicy. I think I liked it just as much. Hot um, but yeah, I had a great time. This was also uh, this storyline out of the Bridgerton books that I've read was my favorite story <gasps> Interesting. In, in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was very much looking forward to like watching them adapt it. And it's very mm. interesting because they've actually changed like a a fair bit like not so much the characters but the plot wise they've changed little things like what um like a whole bunch (laughs) so (laughs) (laughs) well mostly the biggest one is that uh whenever because i i was very much looking forward to the bee scene where she gets stung by the bee uh and he sort of has a a panic um and then touches her bosom uh yes in the the book as far as i remember he panics so much that he tries to suck the bee sting out so he like puts his lips on her boob jesus at which point lady uh featherington or lady danbury like all of the mamas basically come around the corner find them like him kissing her breast basically and at that point they are forced to get married much like the first season so they're kind of forced into him out. He's never actually engaged to Edwina. He's sort of courting oh, wow. her. But oh, then that was him a and Kate are then. forced to get married like fairly, like early in the book or like halfway through the book. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of it is about their relationship, basically. And oh. whether they actually like each other or whether they've been forced to marry each other because they kind of got caught in this position. Oh, that's a so massive it's very different. change. Um, yeah. But I actually really like what the show did with it. Oh, I thought, especially the, I mean, we'll get into this because we're, um, when we get into Edwina, because, like, basically her episode, I think she's much I, fleshed out wow. as well from the book as well. Yeah. So. Awesome. So let's kick off. 
Shall we start with Mr. Bridgerton, Lord the Viscount himself. himself? The Viscount who loved me. He got hotter this season. No, they took away his I bad sideburns, so. and yeah, he looked much more <laughs> They gave him a bit more of a quiff than like it all being down at the I front. I was very attracted to this season. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've always been attracted to Jonathan Bailey because he's Jonathan Bailey. But yeah. Do <laughs> <laughs> um, you want to go first? I can go first. So interestingly, I did a similar thing to you where I was like, what types do I think they are at the end of season one? Will that change? Yeah. None of them changed for me. Interesting. Um, And yeah, so Anthony was no exception. I believe Anthony is a type one. Okay. Um, he is, my God, the most like trying to do the right thing all the time person but is the biggest hypocrite ever. <laughs> like, he has such double standards for things. He's so judgmental. Um, he's so focused on his duty. You would think he was like Queen Elizabeth or something. Like, his duty is not that important. Like, chill out. Um, he's really, like, struggles with his emotions and wants to do, like, the right thing um, and do the good thing. Um, he's got this sort of gut reaction to things. Like one of the quotes I got was, I don't need to think, I know. Um, uh, Simon says to Anthony, this is back in the first season, um, do you ever get tired of pretending to be so perfect? Like, I think he has a massive thing about perfection. Um, he arranged interviews to decide on if he wanted to date these women or not. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's such a type one thing in my mind because, <laughs> like, he's so organised that, like, he's like, yes, let us have a formal interview and I will decide rationally how to deal with this. Um, he finds fault in all these women with interviews. Like, he's so critical and nitpicky. Yeah, uh, and, like, the questions he asks are so, like, practical. Like, if one of your daughters were to overspend, how would you deal with that? Like, what? (laughs) He's so... And he's such a control freak as well. Like, he wants to be the one who does all the tiny details of the family, like, business. Yeah. And doesn't want to delegate to anyone because he thinks they're going to do it wrong. And he wants to do it the right way, the correct way. um, Because that's who he thinks he is. He's so serious. Like, he just needs to have some fun. (laughs) Um, And I mean, I would argue that he does get to have some fun later in the season. Well, Yeah. (laughs) Um, this is the duty I must fulfill. I'm looking perfect for perfection and you should too. Um, he cares about like proper manners, like at the dinner table scene, like he kicks out the Sheffields first because they're, they're like doing something that's like not allowed at dinner. But then he also kicks out the Sharmas, but he kicks them out second because like that's the order to do things. Um, He's, like, just looking for a bride that's, like, sensible. He's just... He's so headstrong and stubborn. Um, Words are hollow unless accompanied by action. Like, he does want to, like, do something. Like, the one wants to sort of change the world. And I think he wants to change his world to make everything sort of perfect and honourable. Like, he says his father raised him to act with honour. Um, he keeps going on about duty, like, geez. He's consumed by the expectations of others. 
Um, and oh my god, his whole speech about roles, like he thinks everyone has like, like he sees a wife as like fulfilling a role. Yeah. And he is fulfilling a role. Like everything is in its order, in its place, like perfect and good. And that's how it should be. And that's how things should be. Like he's very obsessed with how everything should be. I think he feels and, the weird of the world on his shoulders a bit. Yes, so much. He feels like every every it's he feels responsible for everything. Yeah. Which like, chill out. <laughs> <laughs> I have this is interesting we were saying about honor because I have a quote from the book. Mm. Uh, which says, a man with charm is an entertaining thing, and a man with looks is, of course, a sight to behold. But a man with honour, ah, he is the one, dear reader, to which a young lady should flock. Oh, interesting. So, I feel like you've typed him differently. I have! What are your thoughts? <laughs> but now that you've said everything, I'm like, oh my god. Did I just like... Because <laughs> I could totally see the one thing, but I think I was... Well, I guess he is a bit of a perfectionist, but mm. he's also got like a messiness underneath it, which I feel like <laughs> comes like this, this season. Um, I typed him as a type two. <laughs> oh, wow. That's not where I would have placed him. Um, because I thought, I was thinking about like, he basically, I feel like everything that he is doing in his life, he is doing for other people. And so much mm-hmm. of it is about him wanting to be needed. Um, mm. But he is also, like, type twos can have problems with, like, being possessive. And I feel like he is so possessive. He's very possessive. Over, yeah. like, his place in society, his, like, attachment to being a gentleman. And then, like, everything he says to Kate, he's like, you're the being of my existence. Oh, <laughs> the my object God. of the all my desires. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, <laughs> it's full on. Um, and I think... I think he is an unhealthy too, for the most part. (laughs) So, um, on the Enneagram Institute website, they say, average to unhealthy twos seek validation of their worth by obeying their super ego's demands to sacrifice themselves for others. They believe they must always put others first and be loving and unselfish if they want to get love. And I feel like that is what he does for a lot of the season is like, He's always putting his family in front of everything. He's putting his, like, duty as the head of the household in front of everything. And it actually stops him from making genuine connections Mm. with, like, his siblings. Like, his siblings are like, we didn't ask you to do any of this stuff for us. And he is Mm -hmm. doing it and sort of expecting them to say, oh, thank you, Anthony, for, (laughs) you know, being the head (laughs) of the household and, like, setting me up with a marriage or, like, Mm -hmm. you paid for me to get into art school. Like, that was great. Thanks. Like, (laughs) you almost think, yeah, he kind of expects to be thanked for it. To Mm -hmm. me, it was very too. um, Mm. And kind of resents the fact that no one appreciates the hard work that he puts in to the family mm-hmm. um and i think towards the end of the season when he does actually let himself get the gate his reasoning for that is like we never do anything for ourselves mm. um so yeah that, that felt like that, that felt like he was growing as a as a mm. person yeah season. and i think definitely and for me i think what what I felt like his relationship with Kate did, 
bar when they weren't being insanely intense with one another. Um, <laughs> Did you not enjoy the intensity? <laughs> oh, I love the intensity, I but like I could never, <laughs> I could never have a relationship that intense. That like, is too like much for me. Everything that I want out of a relationship is like that intense. <laughs> like I feel like that's very, I feel like that's very unfor of me, but like that's too much for me. <laughs> Like, I love to, like, see it, and I think I like the idea of the intensity, but if I was actually put in a situation that intense, I'd be, like, absolutely... <laughs> You'd be like, I feel it. Yeah. <laughs> um, which also I feel like is such a full thing, <laughs> to, like, think about it and be like, oh my god, yes, and then actually be in it and be like, no. Nope. <laughs> um, no, I think when they're when they're not being super intense with each other, I think what I love about their relationship is they have fun with each other and yeah. they allow each other to have fun because I don't think either of them allow themselves to have very much fun in their lives. Yeah. Um but let's have a look at some questions. And I think that can be a one and a two thing. Um so let's have a look at some one and two questions. Number one. Do you focus on details? If so, when you focus on details, is this something you enjoy for its own sake, or do you do this in service of others? Oh. Do you enjoy for its own sake? I'm I trying to think of like a... not much. Yeah, it doesn't really... It feels like most things he does on the show, it's in service of others. Well, almost it's in service of like the Bridgerton name yeah. almost. It's not even necessarily... Well, like, I think there's I a lot... I suppose that is in service of others. There's a but... lot going on with, like, his relationship with his dad and feeling like he yeah. has to, like, live up to that. In the book, he has this big obsession with, like, his dad died in his, like, late 30s and he kind of thinks that he's not going to live past his late 30s. Like, he oh, has, like, geez. real trauma attached to the dad's death. He really <laughs> but, does. Um, it was quite traumatic. I have to say, that scene was very oh, yeah, traumatic. No, the, it, was like a two, it was, like, a two-minute scene, but I was, like, dying. In like, the book, it was a lot. whenever they're, like, the dad was killed by a bee, I burst out laughing because I was, like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> um, and then, like... Seeing the scene realised, I was like, oh my god, this is actually horrible. <laughs> so do they just sort of talk about the fact that he is dead and that's how he died? Yeah. Or do they, like, yeah. do a flashback? No, there's no flashback. And I also don't mm. think that Anthony is actually there. When he mm. dies, it's just, like, referenced. Yeah, that was really traumatic. Yeah. Like, that was... <sighs> that scene really did me in. Like, I was <laughs> like, this is too much. I can't. Um, but details-wise... Yeah, I would say mm. he does it for other people. Yeah, I can see that. Um, when you go about making important decisions, or when you are discerning what you need to do about something that matters to you, what do you rely on most? Head, heart, or body? Oh, I think head. his body. Body? Oh, yeah. Do you not think like he's very like cerebral when he's like, thinking I think he... through things? He is cerebral. Like, I don't think he relies on his heart at all. No. I think he very much suppresses his heart. But I think he, like, makes a gut decision about something. Okay, I was I was going to say, I don't really understand what body means. 
yeah so body <laughs> is like your gut so i think he makes a gut decision oh, and yeah. then rationalizes it yeah well, so like every single time he kisses kit he's like i yeah. wanna kiss you literally every time like he's like i'm oh my god it's so intense let's let's kiss let's it's kiss that, and then it's like, like that, oh, line, that line that he had after they have like the dinner and she's trying to explain it to him and he has a line that's like if i marry your sister like We'll keep going until like my last shred of gentlemanship breaks. Like basically until his will breaks, and then he'll like mm-hmm. scandalize everyone by getting with her. And you're like, mm-hmm. what? I mean, yeah, ludicrous, ludicrous behavior. <laughs> okay, yeah, I can, I, yeah, I can see the yeah body more, and I suppose in the first season as well, he is very much like with Sienna. He's just like. Oh, I fancy, fancy yeah. getting with you. So, <laughs> He's 100% shall we? Like, Underneath the oh, boxing yes. ring while let's the boxing match is on? Yeah. It's like, yeah, let's have loads of sex. And then he's like, no, I can't. I'm too good of a person. Like, I know, it I'm is not, so hypocr- I'm better than so this. hypocritical that he like has no qualms in the first season about ruining Honestly. Sienna's reputation because she's just yeah. a poor opera singer. And then whenever Honestly. it comes to like, any of the ladies of the tall and he's like i'm a gentleman and you're like honestly you are the first shot that we have of universe. you in the entire show you are doing a lady up a tree like that's it <laughs> a great shot but <laughs> okay so our final question which also sorry before we get on to the final question that can be a bit of a one thing like it does say when ones are more unhealthy they start doing things that are really like against their moral code oh and then but feel they like really guilty still, about it they feel really guilty but they still pretend to the world that they're like a really good person oh interesting okay so like someone who i think is a one is um in desperate housewives um what's her name Brie yeah. in Desperate Housewives she is constantly doing things that she thinks are abhorrent and she judges everyone else for but she then pretends that she's not doing any of those ah. things and that she's like an amazing person um Desperate Housewives would be fun to do anyway <laughs> Um, when you are the final question when you are uh, calibrating what action to take how to respond to something and what choice you should make is your calibration more on your internal processes and thoughts or on how your action will be responded to by people in your external environment okay that's hard so it's basically when you're making decisions is it more your internal thoughts that guide that decision or people's opinions yeah that decision I oh, that's really hard because I, I think would say he like the outcome does of, care about both. Yeah, I think he does care about both. I think the like growth in this season is that at the beginning of the season he very much cares about everyone else's opinion, um, on what he's doing or like who he marries. By the end of the season, the when he dances with Kid at the ball. And everyone else stops dancing. And she says, like, do you want to stop? And he's like, no, basically. He's like, just mm. look at me, it's fine. Um, and he's the one that confesses his love to her first. Like, I would say, actually, that decision is based on him having thought about it by himself. Yeah. Because he doesn't really turn to, like, Colin or Benedict no. for advice on Kate. Like, they do offer. They're like, 
is there anything you want to talk to me about? Like, Benedict says yeah, that to him, so, and he like, basically internal. is like, see you later. He doesn't want to talk to him about it. Yeah, I think he's very internal. So, I think he, yeah. he, he thinks about everything and then chooses to do what he decides to do because yeah. he has... He has such a like strong moral compass, I think. Yeah, I get, and I guess like this is good, this is are more people pleasing than yeah. Maybe he presents us. Like I think he, I think if he was more of a two, I think he would be like, well, of course I'll get married because that's what I sh- that's what yeah, it's will not make yeah, my mum happy. Not, it's not that make... he's marrying Edwina to make his family happy. He's marrying Edwina because he thinks that is the proper thing to do yes a hundred percent he's like she's the diamond the rules are that i am the most eligible bachelor here so i should date the diamond yeah oh i think that makes him a one (laughs) 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 to be fair um if i was gonna give him a wing when i'd originally talked to him i was like oh his wing would be a one wing Mm. so I do guess if he he's a, a one, I would say that his wing is a two wing. Because I do yeah, think... Yeah, I struggled with his wing. I, I I do think he wants to be loved. Like, he doesn't yeah. really want to admit it to himself, but he does. That's true. Yeah. He does want people to, like, give him some recognition and stuff, I think. Yeah. For his goodness and how amazing he thinks he is. <laughs> 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 yeah, okay, cool. I will go with the one wing, too. Yeah. Uh, so, Fab. so should we go straight to his love interest? Kate Sharma. Kate Sharma. She's so good. A wonderful addition to this show. Yeah. Also, and I hope I really, that she is in every season going forward. I really appreciate the the change that they made to her character because in the book she's called Kate Sheffield. Uh, yes. And she is very much just a white lady. Um, yeah. And I really liked the whole addition of like them being from India and like the whole backstory mm-hmm. with her mum that they put in. Like I thought all of that was very cool. So is the backstory with her mum? I didn't think so. it is done th- with some like some other random. Person? I think it. I think it is. It's definitely still that her mum died. Like she, Lady Mary is not her. Oh mother. right, yes, I forgot. Um, that. <laughs> uh, that like the whole thing with like. Lady Mary, like, running away to India, obviously, isn't mm. a thing. She just, like, married. Oh, so she doesn't run away anywhere. No. I thought she might have run away to, like, I don't maybe, know, like, I can't, maybe the countryside or something. <laughs> I can't remember exactly. Oh, okay. But, like, it's not, like, a yeah. different country, as far as I remember. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, I think the Sharmas were a wonderful addition, and I hope that we see them, at least Kate, going forward. Yeah. And Lady Mary, to be fair. Um... I feel like Edwina we may not see ever again, but... <laughs> well, no, maybe not. Maybe in the background, so uh, yeah. getting married to somebody else. Um, well, I think she'll... We'll, go, we'll talk about Edwina when we <laughs> <laughs> I was about to be like, well, this is going to happen, but yeah. Um, but cool. Kate, I go actually struggled a little bit with Kate, because I feel like there's a couple of different types mm. that she could fit into. Like, I think mm-hmm. she also maybe has some two tendencies. Mm-hmm. Um... I think she also has some one tendencies. I just her and Anthony are so similar. Like they are. they're both very like self-sacrificing. They're both the oldest sibling. 
They both are like super loyal. They both have lost a parent. Like I know. Um, they so, were really meant for each other. Yeah. Um. So I. But then I was looking. I'm still honestly. I'm still really torn in the moment right now. I think <laughs> that what I'm going to say is that I think that she's type six. <gasps> oh, okay. <laughs> Not where I typed her, but I like it. Because I think, like, out of everything on the show, like, she was very, like, loyalty was, like, the biggest factor for me that I saw in her character okay. that she was going for. And mm-hmm. I can also see that, like, when she is stressed, that she's maybe more like a three. She's very, like, focused on, like, getting Edwina up that uh, marriage mm-hmm. ladder. <laughs> Um, but also when she's like chilled out and whenever she, at the end of the series, when she is very much like, I am accepting myself, she's much more relaxed, like a nine. Mm. So, um, yeah. And also there was a quote that I found from, yes, that she Mm -hmm. says on the show, this is from the TV show. And this felt very like a very healthy six to me. She says, true love is something else entirely. It is when the rest of the world goes quiet. It is not eyes that meet, but souls that dance, settle into each other, make room for each other until there is nowhere else to hide. And that feels very like, I'm attached to you. Like, this is our little support bubble. Like, everything else doesn't matter kind of thing. Can you tell that I'm just like really in love with the love this season? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh. (laughs) Um, I think she's super trustworthy. Um, like, well, I mean, she's keeping secrets, but, like, Edwina trusts her inherently. Mm. Um, she is, like, re- she feels responsible for her whole family and the situation. Like, she feels like she has to step up and run everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but she is obviously, like, being evasive about some stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I think can be a six quality, because I think she is worried that if she told Edwina that, like, everything would go to shit and that she would lose Edwina's uh friendship and sisterhood which kind of does like that scene when edwina is like oh she's like oh you're my sister and she's like you're my half sister you're like (gasps) it's like a dagger i I gasped (laughs) like you really feel like when edwina is angry at her that kate has lost everything and at that point she puts like her relationship with anthony is completely off the table she's like the only Mm. thing that is important to me is apologizing to edwina and getting Edwina's trust back and making sure that Edwina loves me before I go to India to work as a governess mm. and like remove myself from the, the equation. Mm. Yeah. But then she keeps making out with Anthony in wardrobes. I know. <laughs> <laughs> in storage cupboards. Well, not quite. They don't quite make out in the, in the oh, storage cupboard. They just well. they have a lot of like lingering, I really Honestly, want to kiss you glances, oh and God. then they don't kiss, which is like <sighs> so good um so i went a very different route to you i don't know if you considered this type or not okay but maybe you did you probably did um but i don't think we've ever had this combination of like deciding between okay i typed kate as a type eight 
the chat. Really? Yes. Wow. Okay. That is, I did not consider it. Okay. <laughs> so I felt like Kate was very confident, but she was secretive. Like she keeps a lot of her like vulnerabilities quite hidden away. Um, and just sort of like, focuses her energy onto being, like, protective completely of Edwina and is very, like, aggressive in her protection. Like, yes. I felt like she was, like, a... Like, She's I always like a think, guard dog. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I always think Eight's a kind of, like, a big, like, mother bear yeah. that's, like, has this super caring, like, really protective nature over people they directly care about but is so, like, steely and aggressive and icy to anyone who is trying to get anywhere near that protection, yeah. that person. Well, everyone is very, like, bad mouthy of her at the beginning of the season. Yeah. They're like, oh, the older sister's... A- They're essentially, like, the older sister's a bit of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that Kate, I wrote down she's the queen of sass, um, because I just feel like she's so good at, like, coming back. She's such a, like... I think she pairs so well with Anthony because she actually, like, challenges him. Yeah. And is actually, like, actually know what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, when like, he's like, the... oh, she's saying, like, oh, you always order me about and expect me to, to just mm-hmm. do it. Like... Well, and it's <laughs> even, like, the first sort of interaction they have after they meet on the, like, horse ride in the morning. Yeah. The first interaction they have at that, like, um, opening party in that beautiful conservatory. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, um... She she overhears him being like, oh, uh, women are useless. Like, I only want a wife for this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, she confronts him and she she's like, does, absolutely not. Like, fuck you. Which I guess like, is, oh, no. This is what we've she, done the thing again. We're like, you're talking. And I'm like, but that's not a very sixth quality to be that confrontational. <laughs> oh, no. And I think she's super headstrong and she wants to be in control. Like, I think she freaks out because Edwina is actually capable of kind of taking her own lead. Yeah. And is, and sh- I don't think Kate realises how capable Edwina is. Yeah. And then, like, freaks she's out because like, she's like, oh, child. no, I need to be in control of this situation. You're yeah. not ready to be in control of this situation. Um, one of the quotes I got from her was, I do not care what a single person here thinks of me, which I think is a very eight thing to do. Mm. Um, she wants to prove people wrong. She wants to go against expectations. She constantly is like, I require no instruction. Um, I, I just love that she was she like, does, you yeah, she does know me. her, her own worth, especially like the whole like horse riding thing. Yeah. Like when they go out in the hunt and everyone's like, her poor me is like trilling behind and everyone's like, a woman on the hunt. And she's like, yeah, I know how to hunt and you're all going the wrong way. Yeah. She's <laughs> so like sure of herself. And like, I think the fact that she says to Anthony, the reason he frustrates her so much is that he vexes her. Yeah. She can't control and understand him. She can't make him do what she wants him to do. No. And, like, that flips her out because she's out of control in that situation. She, like, he proposes to her sister out of nowhere for her. And she's like, wait, no, what? You weren't going to do this. I made it so that you weren't going to do this. Why are you doing this now? She's also just about to tell Edwina, like, how she feels about him. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, oh, I can't do that now. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, and I think she's been avoiding that because she doesn't want to be vulnerable to anyone. Mm. And by revealing that, and yeah, because she, she does this, say like she's if she, sort of she doesn't realize that she's in love with him until she is. No, and that's the thing I think because especially for eights, because they're so passionate about just life, they that that line between love and hate for eights, I think, is so close. Yeah. It makes so much sense to me that an eight would be involved in, like, a hate-to-love trope. Yeah. Because, like, of course they are, because it's so, like, it's just passion for them. Yeah. And so much feeling and, like, energy for an eight. So that's why I chose an eight. <laughs> Questions? Yeah. I'm very <laughs> okay. intrigued. Yeah, so am I. So this is, I don't think I mentioned the name of the book. If you listen to the podcast all the time, you know the name of the book. Um, but it's The Art of Typing by Ginger Lapid Bogda. And it compares all the different types. So you can kind of type yourself more easily. Um, so do question number one, do you use your mind to figure out what to do in most situations? Or do you use your gut? Mm. What do we think? I really think she uses a combo. Yeah, I was going to say, like, sometimes, like, when she's with Anthony, there's that whole thing of, like, oh, I really want to kiss you again, which is very much guts. Mm. But, like, other times she's definitely using her mind. But yeah. I think that's the whole conflict for her of the whole season. Yeah. Is, does like, she go with her gut or her yeah. mind? Yeah. And in the end, I guess she does choose to go with her gut. Mm, that's true. Because she's, like... Because oh, she turns up at the ball and she's like in her pretty dress, and she's like, Edwina's oh, Edwin like, let's dance together. So Why do you care beautiful. what anyone else thinks about you? Mm-hmm. And Edwina has a lot of chat with her at the end about like, you don't know who you are, like, you actually don't know your own identity, mm. and you need to figure that out and like just be yourself. And mm. I think when she is herself, she is very like just trusting her body. Yes, I think her. N- how she naturally wants to behave is trusting her gut, but I think sort of how society wants her to behave is with her mind. Yeah. And I almost feel like that makes a lot of sense to me for a female eight in... Regency era. Like, Regency era, because, yeah. like, eights rely so much on their gut, but female eights aren't... Well, you I would, mean, I even in imagine... 2022, aren't really sort of encouraged to do that no and she like she had there's a whole like head of the family as it it, of lady mary does lady mary ever make any decisions or say much at all (laughs) absolutely not like it feels like kate is the head of this family um which feels very eight to me (laughs) like i will deal with this mother (laughs) (laughs) Um, do you seek support from others and feel less anxious when you receive this, or do you rarely seek support from others, perceiving support as something you do not need and would not ask for? Well, she doesn't really talk to anyone about how she feels. Definitely not. Like she, <laughs> she keeps everything inside, and then it also yeah. comes out. Oh, like I feel like she's really, <laughs> she is really connected with her like inner five, where she's like gone to her unhealthy five place and yeah. is like shutting out the rest of the world from her feelings. Oh yeah, yeah, because it's moved towards 
finds mm-hmm. whenever they're stressed, don't they? Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, that would make sense that she sort of like keeps everything inside and is very isolated. Mm. So finally, do you believe you must be constantly vigilant and alert, or do you take things more in stride, believing you can handle just about anything that comes your way? I'm quite good at handling stuff. Like, the whole wedding day scenario. Oh my god. She, like, freaks out a bit, but then she's also like, is there anything I can do to fix this? Like, for for much of it, and the whole dinner scene, when everything goes wrong, she's Mm. like... Mum, go outside. I need to talk Mm -hmm. to Anthony. Like, I will sort this out, basically, because it's my fault. Mm -hmm. Which is quite proactive. Yeah. Yeah. So, So, (laughs) do we think she's an eight? (laughs) I think so. Yeah. I I like the idea I didn't even look at typing it for her. Mm. Um, (laughs) Which is completely my bad. Yeah. I just was really caught up in, like, how loyal she is. She um, is super and like loyal. her similarities to Anthony, but yeah, that makes especially the thing about like not wanting to let herself be vulnerable makes mm. a lot of sense because I think out of the two of them, he is the one that is being like, "Look, this is how I feel. Like, mm. do you want to marry me?" And she's like, "I can't even process this question. <laughs> uh, absolutely <laughs> not. Leave me alone." <laughs> Um, and I just think, like, it makes, I mean, again, similarly to how season one, for me, a five and a six would have such an intense relationship, a one and and an eight, yet again, will have such an intense relationship, like, it will inevitably be, like, passionate and, like, headbutting and, like, just such stubborn energies fighting against each other, um, and I think that makes for great tv (laughs) (laughs) um fab so should we go to kate's sister edwina since we keep bringing her up and we keep i keep going to say stuff about edwina and then like we need to talk about her she is fabulous because when we we weren't really planning on talking about her as a main character no because i from my memory in the book like not that she's not important in the book, but she's basically just there to kind of be this picture-perfect wife mm. figure that Anthony is interested in. And then as soon as him and Kate are married, which, as I said, in the book is much earlier, mm. she's very much out of the equation. Yeah. So because they changed a lot in the show, she she's a much bigger character, I think. Yeah. Um, I think which is I just... a lot more fun. Yeah, and, like, props to... I think her name's Teresa, the actress. Yeah. Like, for the episode... The wedding episode. The wedding episode, which she sort of oh gives them the speech. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's... She's so She good. is amazing in that episode. Like, it's, I spent most so of that nice, episode... Like, watching her go from being, like, this sort of uh, quite um, acquiescent like perfectionist uh Mm. diamond who's just like very pretty and does everything perfectly to to really being like do you know what no everyone tells me what to do all the time fuck you fuck you i'm not having it like (laughs) yeah it's so empowering to watch i was like yes edwina (laughs) i love her and her whole relationship um, with the Queen was so fun Yes! Well. Oh my god. <laughs> and at the end where they're like, oh, well, I do have a nephew in... <laughs> He's a prince. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Because that's like Prince Frederick. Yes, season, yeah. Which I really hope they get married. <laughs> Even if it's just like a subtle comment at one point next season, I will be 
perfectly satisfied with that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cool. So I have drastically fewer notes on Edwina. Um, I just have a few quotes here and there. But I typed Edwina as a type two. Um, I think she puts others' thoughts above everything else. Like, she doesn't really... She sort of almost acts like she doesn't really have much of a a viewpoint towards, like, who she should marry and is just yeah. willing to, like, hear what um, what Kate has to say and just wants to kind of make Kate happy and make her family happy and be who her family need her to be. Yeah. Um, and she seems quite, like happy um and happy in that role she has got a lot going on outside of that but she portrays herself as like yep i'm this happy demure person who's just gonna like go with the flow and i will do what you need me to do like she says things like um like thank you my lord i'm happy you are pleased um and uh she i may not know who i truly am but i am kind i know i am kind heart i am kind hearted is one of the quotes she says um she shows massive kindness when like king george comes in and like the queen is freaking out because yeah. no one sees king george like that and she's just like oh let's like she comes into this sort of power yeah, that we she haven't really, really seen her have of that situation and I think she's able to do that because she's so just naturally caring and kind yeah. that she just knows to come to that situation with kindness. But then we see this underlying like anger and sort of like bitterness about her that can all come out on that wedding day. And one of the quotes that I thought was so important was Anthony said, she was harsher than I knew her capable of being. Yeah. Because I think twos have this thing where no one really realises how harsh and, like, cutting a two can be. But when a two flips, they can absolutely be cutting and absolutely be fierce and like aggression and stuff because they have that way to connect with their eight and they know that they can connect with that eight and they do have that power. Um, So yeah, that was my thinking on Edwina. I agree. (laughs) Oh, I also think she's the type two. Um, For many of the reasons that you said, but I also, it was mostly like the, the, like I think Mm. she is like she's so she like as much as kid is kind of trying to shield her from this thing of like feeling responsibility to marry well for their family Mm -hmm. you do kind of feel like she also knows that she is the most like she's the best catch in the family Mm. um and she is aware of that and is kind of using that uh to yeah protect everyone else a little bit um Mm -hmm. and she wants to marry well for the family as well Mm. um and yeah as as she said whenever she's courting all of these men she's very uh acquiescent to their needs she's always asking about them she's like comes just comes across as very caring and like sweet Mm. um for much of the show um 
And I think that's what's so interesting when she kind of comes into her own later mm. on is that um, I, on the Enneagram Institute website, uh, when they talk about different levels of healthiness and unhealthiness, one of the levels that is like getting towards being unhealthy, they say um, that twos can feel they are in that they are becoming a martyr for other people mm. and i feel a bit like that's how she feels in the wedding scene that like she is this pawn that's been placed mm-hmm. in the middle of antony and kate and that they are sort of pushing and pulling as they will yeah. um, and she gets very like bitter about it yeah um which is completely understandable. which yeah fair enough like <laughs> i would hate to be put in that position like um, she's really fucked over in this whole series yeah. <laughs> um and she i also think she really guilts kate after yeah. that happens um, definitely which is i think quite like two behavior of being like well i've loved you so well but like mm-hmm. thanks for everything you've done for me. Well, um, she knows exactly how to cut Kate the worst. Like yeah. what you were talking about earlier with like when she's his half sister. Yeah. I think that's sort of so shocking to us, partially because we've seen her be so kind, but because that's exactly how to hurt her the yeah. most. Like, but then that the second the, the most Kate, harm to the second her. the Kate looks like she could die, she's yeah. by her bedside every single day. She is like begging for her to come back like into her life and to wake up like she is that was a great forgiving of her um yeah so that does happen in the book but it's not exactly the same type of accident yeah um so yeah i agree i think she's a type two um and i say what wing? I give her a three wing because I think she's still okay. a little bit ambitious. She does care mm-hmm. what other people think of her. Like yeah. the being called the diamond of the season matters to her. Like she talks yeah. about the kids, so Yeah, I can see that. I would I would accept that. Yeah. Two with a wing three. Love, Love that. So this brings us to the other two Bridgerton brothers. Who would you like? Would you like to do them in age order? Would you like what? So one of them I'm very sure on, and one of them I'm less sure on. Same. Let's do them in age order. So let's do Benedict. Okay, Okay, cool. (laughs) Well, tell me what you think of Benedict. So I think Benedict uh, is definitely in this season, he's just having a good time. He's just trying to explore (laughs) his art. Uh, he's getting into some drinking and some drugs. So it's kind of like an extension of the first season when he sort of goes to that art party and is suddenly like, a whole world is involved. <laughs> <A whole new laughs> um, he, yeah, so I think I typed him as a seven because I think that he, in for the most part, he just wants to be free. He has this whole thing of like being the second son, mm-hmm. and whether he actually does have a duty as being the second son, or whether like that means that he's excused because Anthony's got mm-hmm. things covered <laughs> and he can actually <laughs> go and have some some good times. Uh huh. Um, yeah. I also typed him as a seven. But I just have to say, before I go into my um, spiel... We wish that he was gay. <laughs> I mean that, but also, like, I was so bored by his story this season. I, I don't, don't know think if you they felt really the same. Knew. 
what to do with him. They're kind of just waiting for his book. Honestly, I was literally... <laughs> every scene he was in, I was like, move to the next one. Last season, I was like, oh my god, I need more Benedict. What is happening? Yeah. I need more of him in this season. This season, I was this like, season, I feel less, like he was kind of there him. just to be mostly supportive of other characters. Like he yeah. is there, he like says to Anthony, like, oh, if you need he's like, Oh, is there something you just want to talk to me about, brother? Like he offers to take Aloise to the ball. Mm. Um I just but he's feel like, like he he's was... exploring his art and he's getting better at his art. And I feel like the only conflict for his character was that thing where he finds out that Anthony paid for him to get into the school. Which, like, get over yourself. You're a but... rich white man. Like... <laughs> but, like, that, it felt very sort of shoved in at the last minute, because only in the last episode. And then there's just, like, a line where he's like, I know that you paid for me to get into the school and I'm not happy about it. And okay. he's actually like, okay, sure, but actually you're quite good. So, like, I'm like, it felt very brushed over as a plot line. Um, I yeah. think they could have had that happen earlier in the season. And Honestly, made more of a thing of it, but maybe they just didn't feel like they had time. Benedict was most interesting to me when he was on drugs. Like, yeah. well, like <laughs> I made... really did enjoy the scene when he was high at the dinner. Yeah, and then ludicrous. it's like painting this ridiculous painting, and then he like, gets his acceptance letter and is like screaming out the window. Like, yeah, uh, like <laughs> the the painting that he did when he was on drugs was more interesting than any other painting he has done since the start of Bridgerton, and. The, he was just like he was actually interesting at the dinner table and doing something that like actually was worthy of note. The yeah. rest of the season, I was like, I don't care about this because, and also, I just think what a missed opportunity to make a character bisexual. Like, yeah, it like I even don't think if, that they are willing to do it because in the books, no one. But is even, but that's the thing is, even if next season he ends up marrying a woman and he's very happy with that woman and they have a lovely time. Great. He's bisexual. Fine. But make this season his, like, experiment time. And he, like, goes to, like, art college and then finds this man that he starts having feelings for and starts feeling, like, conflicted. And then he's like, am I I into men? I would have loved that. Am I into I would have loved if he'd, like slept with a male model instead of the female yes, model Yes, exactly. And that's the thing. It could be so... It could be as simple as that. Yeah. It could be as simple as he sleeps with this male model in the class. He has a bit of a crisis about or his sexuality. Or maybe he just, yeah, like, chalks it up to the drugs or whatever. And then, yeah, even <laughs> if... Like, I... I would be sad if he just, like, you know, chalked out to drugs or whatever. But if that's what the, they decided to do, fine. And then next season, go marry a woman, do whatever you want. Like, and then he can just be canonically bisexual. Yeah. And then, like, great. No, We've I, got I a lovely queer character going on in here. Get, they're very much on it with, like, diversity casting-wise. Yeah. But very much not with the, the sexuality thing. No. And I bad. just... Because I know I, felt, I know people also want Eloise to be queer. Um, I don't think that will happen. <laughs> I I just don't think that will happen either, especially not no. with this season because she kind of had a little no. for a while. Yeah, which is kind of cute. I liked that. Um, but yeah, I think they had the perfect opportunity with Benedict because they kind of set it up last season, and then they were just like, "And we're going to throw that out of the window." Yeah. Like, I just, yeah, I was very sad about that. But yes, I do think he's a seven. Um, um, what wing did you give him? 
Uh, I guess I think he uh, would have a six wing. I, I, think, I think he's yeah. very loyal. Like, his relationship yeah. with Eloise in particular yeah. is really sweet. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I would also give him a six wing. Yeah. Moving on so. to Colin Bridgerton. I'm assuming this is also who you're a little bit like, I'm unsure. <laughs> I'm... Oh, no, Benedict was who I was unsure of. Oh, really? I felt yeah. the opposite. And I, I'm kind of, I feel like I, I want more scenes with Colin. Like, I, I I'm excited you. for his season. Yeah. Um, Season four. Can't come quick enough, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I'm pretty sure, I haven't read the books Catherine has, but I'm pretty sure I know who his wife is going to be. Well, we'll see. <laughs> but <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. Um, I think that Colin Bridgerton is a type two. Um, oh, okay. Think... That's not what I've typed about. Oh, okay. I think he is kind and thoughtful, like in the first season when he goes and gets Penelope a drink after Cressida, like, spills a drink on her. Yeah. Um, he tries to be chivalrous. He tries to keep people happy. I think we see that with his whole storyline with Marina in the first season. He's just trying to, like, be a nice guy and he's <laughs> trying to, like, be a good person and be really nice. Um, he just loves love. He's very romantic. He cares very deeply. He kept correspondence with Penelope while he was faffing off in Greece. Um, <laughs> I do love the whole, like, I was on a gap year. Thank you. Gap year. He's he, like, such a, like, stop gap talking year about student. His, his time in Greece. Also, He's like, sorry, I'm boring you with my, my travels. <laughs> the makeup and hair department, incredible, do deserve awards. However, I do think they should be questioned on their use of fake tan on Colin season. It was very orange. It's because he went to Greece, guys. <laughs> it was so orange. He got a um, tan. <laughs> um, but yeah, he uh, says to Marina, or says about Marina, if you had told me, I would have... Oh yeah, if you had told me, yeah. so told him about the pregnancy, um, I would have wed you the second, that second, because of how in love I believed myself to be. Yeah. Because... He just, he seems like he's trying to be a nice person. Um, he, like, checks in on Marina just because he, I think partially because he wants to be, like, I think he slightly wants to see if she's having, like, a terrible life because he knows he could have offered her a better life. Yeah. But also because he just, like, he. I think part of him is doing it because he's a nice person and wants to, like, check in that she's okay yeah but i think also there's a part of him there's that's, part like, of that's mm. being like are you still a little bit available <laughs> yeah kind of <laughs> um he can't help but feel that we were all too harsh on marina yeah and like i think he struggles with needing people to like him like what i think we see that when he's hanging out with all the lads like he very much likes penelope he gets on with penelope oh yeah really but well. he says the thing about and it, then like, he says never court penelope. yeah which i don't know if that's true or not maybe it is maybe it's not i think we'll see that as things develop but i think part of him is saying that just to like fit in with all the lads yeah. like i don't know if he really agrees with what he's saying there yeah but yeah fair. so i see him as a two what are your thoughts and feelings i don't type him as a two <laughs> uh. um i and i'm like willing to be wrong about this 
because I find him quite, I find him quite interesting as a character, mm-hmm. and I feel like he has yet to be developed as much yes, as some of the other characters on the show. Um, I typed him as a type five. <laughs> Ooh, very different. Yeah, because basically, he's not afraid to be independent and spend time by himself because mm-hmm. he goes and travels around the world by himself. Um, mm-hmm. Which I also see as like him. He's curious about the world. Like he wants to do traveling. He wants to learn mm-hmm. things. Um, I think the stuff with Marina, like you said in that quote, is like it's not the issue is for him is not that Marina was pregnant. It's that he didn't know about it. Mm. Which I think is a very like five quality of like if I'd known about it, I could have rationalized it, and, like done my head thing. Mm. But because I didn't know about it. It's hurt me. Um, I think the whole thing, his main plot on this season was him feeling a bit lost after coming back from travelling, not really knowing what he's going to do with himself. What he decides to do is uh, he looks into becoming an ambassador for mm. the Betterington's, which again, I think is like kind of five-ish. Uh, I'm going to explore what this thing is. Uh, he's very thorough with it. He like mm-hmm. has a lot of meetings with Lord Featherington, and he's the one that then sort of discovers that the rubies are fake. Um, mm. Which like, is kind of, I think, is that kind of sort of detective quality, I think, that people associate with fives. That felt a bit like detective-y to me. That he's mm-hmm. like, ah, the rubies are fake, and also the person that I should tell about this is Penelope, because she's the most capable, or she's the one that's going to be, like, actually affected by it. Yeah. Um, so it's all very, like, this leads mm. to this leads to this. You know what I mean? Mm. Logical. Yes. <laughs> that's the word that I was going <laughs> <laughs> This leads to this leads to this. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and I think, again, like, him uh, sort of saying, oh, I would never court Penelope, or, like, dancing with Penelope at balls and things, is just him uh, being sort of independent in the moment and then sort of going going with the flow a bit. Mm. <laughs> he, like, is like, oh, yes, this is the right thing to say in the moment. Like, cool. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say something that gets me ostracized. <laughs> mm. Nice. So, yeah. But I'm I'm willing to be wrong about that because I think he could grow and make different decisions. Yeah, I do think that would be would would not be correct with that. Yeah, and I think that's why I struggle with Benedict as well. Is like at the end of the day, it very much feels like the two of these two brothers aren't. This isn't their moment. This no, I think that yeah, they were very much holding them back. Yeah. I think they for could their achievements. More, I also like, find it need. hilarious that there is another Bridgerton sister, Francesca. Oh, Francesca. And she we never again, see her. <laughs> she again was in the first so she's in the first couple episodes. I found it so funny rewatching the first season for the previous yeah. episode that we did. If you haven't listened, we've already typed a bunch of characters in a previous episode, so you can go back and listen. Uh, but Francesca appears in the first couple of seasons and there is like a line that's like Francesca's yeah. going to Brighton or something and yeah. she then disappears <laughs> yeah. and then whenever she appeared at the end of the first season the first time I was watching it I was like who is this other girl <laughs> <laughs> because I completely forgot about her yeah. this season again she appears at the beginning of the season they clearly don't know what to do with her and then 
I don't know where she goes. Like, they no, don't because, even have like, a line that's like Francesca's yeah. off visiting someone else. Like, in the big yeah. ball scene, whenever like Hyacinth and Gregory are allowed to come down and have a dance, Ugh, I was like, yawn. where's Francesca? Well, yeah, that's what I keep getting confused by. It's like, Francesca isn't like away this season. Like, no. she's in London with all of the rest and of them. And she has a book. What is she so, doing? Like, <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna have, are they not going to do her book? Like, <laughs> that I don't would know. be savage. <laughs> that would be so harsh. <laughs> um, Hyacinth and Gregory are already irritating me. Yeah, um, but again, I, like, I find it interesting that they've chosen to keep them in yeah. as much as they have because they must be wanting to explore their books, oh, which definitely. are much later on. Did you know apparently both of those actors are 15? What high, oh my gosh, I can see that the girl is. I, yeah. The guy, he's very baby-faced for yeah. a 15-year-old. Wild. Anyway, so um, back to back Colin, to Colin. Bridget, <laughs> Bridget. <laughs> um, I but... had jumped on podcast. <laughs> uh, so, two versus five isn't very common, although we have been here before yeah. with a couple of robot characters. Um <laughs> Is Colin Bridgerton a robot? Um, So, question one Um, Do you believe that the world is filled with an abundance of resources that should be shared with others, or is the world comprised of scarce resources that need to be conserved? Oh no, he probably thinks that there is a lot. Oh, so much. He's like, oh, there's so much in this world. Let's share it around. Maybe, maybe the 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 scripture, the resources on fives is that you're not an optimistic. (laughs) (laughs) You feeling attacked? A little bit. (laughs) Excuse me. Um, when someone is experiencing an emotional difficulty and you are in the person's presence, do you experience the other person's feelings internally, almost as if they were your own, or do you listen with concern but are more detached from your own emotional reaction? Well, he's not devoid of emotion, but no. he also, he doesn't like, does he cry whenever Marina It's whenever he has to talk to her about the pregnancy. I feel like I that's the main he... sort of emotional beat he has. Yeah, I don't know if he cries, but he definitely gets... He gets a bit emotional. ...worked up about it. Yeah. And is, like, angry. I think he does the, like, male Stiff thing. Upper lip like, thing. traditional yeah. sort of masculine thing of, like, I, I can't express sadness, so I have to express anger. Yeah. Which, like... Get healthier, Colin Bridgerton. But. <laughs> Could have therapy on your way to Greece. <laughs> oh, honestly, half this cast needs some therapy. I think. <laughs> I guess that would. I would say. I, I love that I always. I'm like, this is what type they are, and then I'm like, oh, actually, I, I would like to say completely the opposite. Um, it's it's more external than yeah. He's, he's not as attached. Yeah. Um, so finally, which do you trust more, emotions or logic, and which do you distrust more? I don't think he distrusts either. No, I don't think he distrusts either. I think he almost kind of puts them both as important as each other. Yeah. Which I don't really think that's very helpful no. for typing <laughs> him, but... 
he sort of seems quite logical, but he does really take into account his emotions, I think. He, does, he actually, takes them to the account, the account of other people's emotions, because whenever yes. Pan is upset, he is always like, she's upset, and I should yes. help her. And I think that he he definitely takes into account emotions when with the whole Marina situation, because yeah. the logical situation is, no, we shouldn't rush the wedding. No, I shouldn't be marrying this person yeah. really randomly. And the, also the logical thing is, no, don't go visit her. And he does. Mm. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, so, so think... yeah, I'm completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I did say I wasn't sure. <laughs> it's been a week of, uh, of me not knowing anybody's times, but just really enjoying Benjamin. <laughs> I mean, in all fairness, you had COVID while you were watching this yeah. season. Yeah, so. <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> I had COVID um... brain. <laughs> So, Colin Wilson, um, type two. What wing? Yeah, I think he's got a one wing. A one wing, Just because yeah. of his, like, one overlay from his brother and his mother, but... <laughs> his, his ethical duty. Yeah. Ugh, nice. they're all so dutiful in this show. A <laughs> duty flying about. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, um, we have some awards to get oh. it. I feel like every time I say this, you forgot that we do this, and you obviously you can't hear or you can't see because it's a podcast. But Kyle is literally like the little surprised O emoji, where he's like, "Oh, oh, yes, that." Um, No, this was this was more because I have one more character. Did you want to talk about the Queen in detail? Oh, we can. I, d- I didn't really type her particularly well. I'm like, wondering I really if we should her. save the Queen, because I hear that they're going to make a prequel series. I also queen. hear that, yes. And I, I think it would be fun to images. revisit okay. some of the characters if they're in a prequel series. Cool. I just want I'm... to talk about Bridgeton every week. <laughs> right. I am really tempted to, like do a Bridgerton part three when season three comes out and then a Bridgerton part four do. when season four comes out and yeah. just like keep Because going. I think there is enough uh, new characters or there yeah. should be if they keep it close enough to the books yeah. that we could discuss. Okay, great. So we'll probably revisit Benedict and Colin when we've, when, uh, we've, when we've seen a bit more When they have more things. <laughs> um, but yeah, but let's yeah. revisit the Queen. Let's do the Queen as a side character then, yeah. Yeah. She you, don't get to, you don't get to hear my thoughts on Queen Charlotte, <laughs> audience. Um, so we have some awards. So we have the uh, Oops, I Did Again Award yes. for the character who is most like their type. And we have mm-hmm. the Clumsy Award for the character who is mm. hardest to type. Yes. Um, I would like to give the Oops, I Did Again Award to... Did I get any types right this week? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, we agreed on Edwina. Yeah. So yes, I think I'll give it. I'll give it to Edwina yeah. because yeah. I I knew that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was what I thought she was. <laughs> okay, would you like to give the clumsy award to this week? I think it's between the two idiot brothers. Um, <laughs> because <laughs> we don't know what's going on with that. Sorry, I was just very disappointed by both 
both brothers' storylines this season. Like, I quite liked both of them in season one. Season two, couldn't have cared less about either of them. (laughs) (laughs) But that would probably flip, because, like, lots of people hated Anthony in season one, and I think this season, lots of people like him, because it's obviously Maybe. I also liked Anthony in season one, so... (laughs) (laughs) You you liked him into the sideburns. I think I was clouded by his hotness. Because he was a dick. Um, <laughs> so I feel like it has to go to one of those two. I think it could go to Anthony or Kate, but I think clumsiness needs to go to, in my mind, Colin Bridgerton, I think. That's because at fair. least, because I think with Benedict, he was tricky to type, but we at least came, came to, the to the same, same conclusion. conclusion. Colin, he was tricky to type, and we were just both on complete opposite <laughs> sides of the Enneagram. <laughs> like... <laughs> who is this man and why is he so confusing? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm going to crown Colin Bridgerton as clumsy. Nice. Um, should we speed type some side characters? Yeah. I've thrown in a couple more side characters that we didn't have on our list That's before. That's We can, I'll have a guess. Because yeah. I, I only have a couple written down. Yeah. Okay, fabulous. So, so Genevieve, the dressmaker, the modiste. <laughs> I was like, who's Genevieve? <laughs> I know that character by the name Modiste. <laughs> Genevieve. Oh, sorry, quick, quick. Uh, type um, it. Three? <laughs> <laughs> I changed that literally uh, just a second ago. Uh, Lady Mary Sharma. Uh, six? I don't six. know, she doesn't really say anything. I also said six. Um, Jack Featherington. Oh, uh... (laughs) Your face right now! I wish this was a video podcast just for that Okay, I went for three. (laughs) Um, And then, well, we saved this one for this season, because we thought, with this episode, because we thought that we were going to see more of him, and then he just wasn't in it at all. Yeah. Was Sir Henry the Artist from season one. Oh, you know, he wasn't in it. (laughs) And then he just wasn't in this. Um, I guess I thought he was a four. Yeah, I'd say four. I'll agree with that. Oh, sad. He could have been teaching at Benedict's Art College. Right? Like, what a missed opportunity. He could have just been there. Um, and then I guess Queen Charlotte. Queen Charlotte, I also said Ian. <laughs> oh, I said three. <laughs> Interesting. Lots of eight versus threes in the side Ian characters. Week. <laughs> <laughs> Just not for Kate Sharma. No. <laughs> I was like, a woman who isn't a queen? Absolutely not. <laughs> no authority there. <laughs> What, uh, writing me, or no, I have a writing tip. What, as <laughs> you Are we okay I today? I'm fine, I've just had a lot of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to listen back to this episode and be like, what happened? What Enneagram tip <laughs> do you have for our oh, listeners, Kyle? All um, I, of them. I, <laughs> we got 13 <laughs> listens on our last episode. I'll okay, all know. 13. <laughs> <laughs> or 13 lessons. Uh, what, um, what any of do you have for us? I think I might have given this tip before, um, but it's worth reiterating because I think I saw another person on Instagram, not on my our own Instagram, on someone else's Instagram, ask this again. All types are compatible with other types. And I think this is 
beautifully exemplified in this show because we get to see loads of different people have loads of different relationships with loads of different other types of people. And I think that it's really nice to see that. So think about, you know, if you love the Enneagram and you're as, as obsessed with the Enneagram as us, it's not like, there's not like compatibility charts and stuff yeah. like that. Like that's not a thing. Like everyone just needs to be healthy. Every type can be with every other type when they're healthy. Just go to a one and Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a one and an eight at their unhealthiest are a terrible decision. Like, <laughs> they are just going to argue and butt heads and, like, have a horrible time, which I think we see. Yeah. But when they are in a healthy place and they're both having a lovely time, they allow each other to, like, shock off some responsibility to, like, explore their fun sides yeah. and their more chill sides and their more, like, yeah, I, I was going to say fun again, but, <laughs> <laughs> like healthiness yeah, is important in relationships not what type you are i've probably said it a thousand no, that's, times that's but... interesting because that kind of relates to my writing tip for the week mm, which is that uh even if you are writing if you're using the enneagram as a writing sort of jumping off point and you want to write two different characters you have two different enneagram types you can still give them a bunch of shared experiences and shared traits. Mm. And I think Kate and Anthony have a bunch of shared experiences and shared traits that I talked about a little bit earlier, about like having lost a parent and having this sense of duty and the sense of loyalty. Like they have a lot of common ground, but actually it's the fact that they are two different types is how they, how they approach those traits and how they approach those situations or those uh, life experiences. Like, that is what makes them different um, and actually provides a lot of ground for conflict. So even though they have very similar sort of outlooks on life, they argue a lot because mm. uh, they're coming from uh, different desires or different wants in their mm. overall life goal. Um, so, yeah, I think that was just very interesting to me that, like... They didn't. They didn't need to be exactly the same to have very similar attitudes. They could have very different personalities and then share these sort of common traits. And I think that's a really fun way to like build a character. I really like that. But yeah, yeah. love that. We will be back in two weeks' time because we're on a two-week schedule now uh, with a film. I am so excited to do this film. I rewatched it the other day and. I'm very, very excited for it. Yeah, I'm going to watch it this evening. So. <laughs> Yay! Um, so we'll see you in two weeks. Yes. <laughs> and you can uh, tell us what you thought of the Richard and characters uh, yes, on all our social media, uh, which should be coming up in a second. So yeah. We will see you in two weeks. See you in two weeks. Bye. Bye. Leave us a review if you like the show. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Enya Obsessed. That's E-N-N-E-A Obsessed. We're also on Instagram at Enneagram Obsessed Pod. And if you completely disagreed with everything that we were saying, send us an email at Enneagram Obsessed at gmail.com. 
or you can leave us a voicemail um, so we can actually hear your voices at anchor.fm forward slash Enneagram Obsessed. Help I'm Obsessed with the Enneagram is created and produced by us, Kyle Flynn Davies and Catherine McFall. Music is What a Wonderful Day by Shane Ivers from silvermansound.com. See you next time. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs>